We are back in Ephesians chapter three. Good old Ephesians. And um, over the next two weeks, we are we are going to be discussing prayer. Prayer. Um, that's going to be our, our topic over the next two weeks. Prayer, because um, Paul, from the rest of the verses that we're going to look at, Ephesians chapter three, verses eleven all the way down to 21 to the end of the chapter, the emphasis is all on prayer. There's even a little doxology at the end. And so we're gonna look at, uh, next week we'll look at Paul's second prayer for the Ephesians, because if you remember in chapter one of Ephesians, he prayed that they would be given the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of God, which is Pastor Brian's New Year's resolution or prayer request, right? He wants to increase in the knowledge of God. And that is that was also Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, that they would increase, or that they would increase, or get, be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of God, and that is always a good prayer to pray for me or any other brother and sister in Christ, that they would increase in their wisdom and in revelation in the knowledge of God. So that's a great prayer request. Pray that for everybody in the church. But today, we um, we're going to focus on more of the concept. Prayer, I guess you would say the concept of prayer and my aim today is to show you your Christian privilege that we have through Jesus Christ and, and praying to God and having access to God and we're even going to look at how under under the New Testament our prayer is much different from those who are under the old covenant so prayer is the same thing but it's it's a little different uh, it takes on a greater significance under the new covenant so those are some of the things that we're going to look at today in our section on prayer so it's again the, the topic is more of our christian privilege and i would have a i would use a colon and say access to god that is a christian privilege that is something special that we have this access to god and we're going to look at that concept along with the concept of prayer so that's that's really where we're headed on headed on today now here in Ephesians 3, I just want to refresh because I know uh, Pastor Brian's been preaching for the past two weeks and kind of, you know, I, I preached a couple weeks ago. So kind of just to give you a refresher. So in Ephesians chapter 3, if you recall, we are splitting this chapter up into three sections. Remember three sections. The first section, what we looked at was the calling, right? We looked at Paul's calling. Uh, we looked at our calling. So that was the first part of the chapter that we looked at, that's section one. And then section two... <clears throat> We looked at the purpose of the calling and how it plays into God's overall plan to bring glory into himself. And that was what we looked at the previous time I spoke. We look at the purpose of the calling. And then the, the final and last third section, which we'll really dig into next week, will be the prayer. So the calling and the purpose leads or culminates into the prayer, the prayer, which we'll dig into uh, next week so that's where we're headed uh, that's the three sections of ephesians chapter three and 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 that's where we will be headed uh next week now before i'm sorry my kids are playing with their toys now before the apostle paul is is going to fully transition into the third section which i call the prayer mode before he's going to fully transition in there which in verse 14 to 21 of Ephesians chapter 3, that's where Paul really goes into prayer. 
14 to 21, he's really giving us prayer. And again, at the end of chapter three, he, he goes into this little doxology, which is like spontaneous prayer. And so that, that's where Paul is, is, is going in verses 14 to 21. But before we get to the specifics of that prayer, which will be next week, um, we're going to look at the catalyst of, this, of that prayer. We're going to look at what is allowing the apostle to pray those words that he is praying in Ephesians 14 through 21. So that's, that's what we're doing today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start in verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to read verse down to verse 13. That's what we'll look at today. So Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8 through 13. That's where we're going to look at. And I know we've already preached through verse uh, 11, but I just want to restart at verse 8 to give you our context again to refresh your memory. So the word of God. Yes. Can you record? Yes, recording. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 through 13, the word of God reads, remember this is the apostle Paul, to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages had been hidden in God who created all things. So that the manifold wisdom of God, remember this is the purpose that we looked at last time, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church, to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. Remember the angelic beings? 11, this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love this part. Here goes a key verse, verse 12, key. In whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Paul says in 13, therefore, because of what I just said, therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory, for they are your glory. So when we looked at the previous weeks that I was here, we looked at the eternal purpose of God and the eternal purpose of God through Christ, we've seen is the glory of God, right? God is putting his wisdom in display, his wisdom and glory on display to the angelic beings by the church through the gospel. That was the calling or the purpose that we looked at the, the previous week. So on the one hand, on one perspective, God is putting his glory on display through wisdom, the target audience there being the angelic beings, right? That's the target audience of his wisdom being put on display. But on the other hand, or on another perspective, um, the perspective of us as humans, God is putting his glory and love on display because through the gospel, we find a God that so loved the world, what that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16. We find a God who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up over for, for us all. That's Romans 8, 32. So God delivered over his son for us all. Just, just, um, just allow yourself to think on that. God delivered up his son so he can have you to, for us all. That's what the Bible says. That's what Paul says in Romans 8.32. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that loves. We also find in the scriptures, we find a God who, through the Holy Spirit, inspired the Apostle Paul to write these beautiful words. He inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words right here. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, 
nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38 through 39. So from the perspective of us humans, we, we see the glory of God in many places. We see the glory of God in creation. We see the glory of God in the universe. But the aspect of God's glory that so impacts us the most is his love, which is why we love to talk about it, which is why there are so many songs written about it. We are, we are overwhelmed by God's love. And from the perspective of the angelic beings, the gospel in the church, it shows the glory of God and wisdom. So that there, there are two perspectives here. Now, this is, this is all good, glorious news that the apostle Paul is sharing with us, or he's sharing with the Ephesians. In chapter three, he's given the Ephesians this behind the scenes access to the workings of the gospel. But the reason that Paul is describing his calling, and the reason that Paul is describing the purpose of his calling, Guess what? It is not so much to inform these Ephesians or to give them some new knowledge. No, that is not the point. But the reason that Paul in here in chapter three is describing his calling and the reason that he is describing the purpose of his calling is to encourage the Ephesians or to encourage the Ephesians to not be dis discouraged by Paul's tribulations or his imprisonment. See, that's, that's the whole setup why Paul here in Ephesians chapter 3 is going through his calling and is going through explaining the purpose of his calling. He is, he is giving the Ephesians this behind-the-scenes knowledge so that they will not lose heart or be discouraged by Paul's tribulation and imprisonment. So therefore, in verse 11, he says this. He says, talking about Christ, he says, This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Look what he says in 13. Therefore, I ask you to not lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf, for they are for your glory. They are your glory. What glory? What is this glory that Paul is saying that he is doing or he is facing tribulations for on behalf of these Ephesians, on behalf of these Gentiles? Well, Paul has been going through the entire Roman Gentile world, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's telling people about the coming judgment. He's telling people about repentance and, and forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. But Paul is not simply on this missionary journey to tell people about forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. He, he's not simply just going and sharing the gospel with the end goal of telling Gentiles that, hey, your sins can be wiped away and, and, and you won't have to go to hell. No, that's not his objective in, in going out and sharing the gospel. See, Paul's objective in going out and sharing the gospel and preaching Jesus to these Gentiles is not just simply for the removal of sin, but it is to do what Peter says Jesus did in 1 Peter 3.18. Let me remind you what Peter says here in 1st 3.18. You'll get what I'm saying. Peter says this in 1st Peter 3.18. He says, for Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. So what was the purpose of Christ dying for sins and removing sins? The goal or the aim or the objective, according to Peter, is to bring us to God. So, so. Paul, what Paul is saying to these Ephesians is this. He said, so Ephesians, so 
You want to know why I'm in prison? You want to know why I'm in chains right now? You want to you you want to know why I'm doing this? I'm doing this for the sake of your glory. And what is that glory? That glory is to bring you to God. See, in verse 13, in verse 12, he says this, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. See, see, Paul is like saying this, see, Gentile world, I'm going through all of these great pains so that you will know that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven, you can become a part of the household of God, and therefore have this bold and confident access to God through Christ. See, this is the same point that the apostle Paul makes a little earlier in chapter 2, verse 18 where after describing how the Jews and the Gentiles have been reconciled to God through the body of Christ, the apostle Paul says this in verse 18. He says this, he says, for through him, meaning Christ, we both have our access in one spirit, what, to the Father. That is, that is where he lands on after showing how Jesus Christ has reconciled Gentile and Jew by his body on the cross. He said, now both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. That is the ultimate objective. It is access to God. It is God himself. And so, so that is his main point here in verse uh, 18 of chapter 2 and also in chapter 3. What is the book that, that John Piper wrote a few years ago? God is the gospel, meaning that the chief objective of the gospel from a ground level was not being brought to heaven, but God himself, access to God, fellowship with God, relationship with God, which had been lost through sin and the fall of men. See, so, so Paul is now going over all of the Gentile world, letting people know that, yes, there is judgment coming, but you can be forgiven before the judgment and can have relationship and access to Yahweh through Christ. This, this is the same landing spot or conclusion that the writer of Hebrews comes to in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22 that we looked at earlier today. I just want to read it for you again. And remember, he says this. He says, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance or confidence of faith. Same landing spot that the writer of Hebrews is, is coming to is what Paul is, is, is alluding to there in Ephesians 3 and why he's going through great pain and why he's facing tribulations. He says in, in verse 12 of Ephesians 3 that, that we now have this confidence, this boldness, this access to God through Christ. And that is what he's going through great pains to let Gentiles and people know. See, a, a, a first century Orthodox Jew understood that access to God was limited. Emil brought this out earlier. A first century Jew, they, they understood that access to God was limited. And in order for and to enter into the, the very presence of God, it was really only limited to a select few. You had the, you had the, the Moseses of the world that had access to God. And from there, you had the high priest who, who had access to God or to the presence of God. But then that was only once a year. And even then, he had to enter in with, sacrifice, with a sacrificial blood offering. But now, through the gospel and the sacrifice of Jesus, once and for all, all can have access with boldness to God and his presence. 
See, this is the new way into the holies of holies. This is the glory that Paul went to great lengths to tell the Gentiles that you can have God, you can have Yahweh, you can be a son or a daughter, that, this can be yours now. See, this is the, the great pains that he went through. Let people know that you can know God. You can have access to God with boldness and confidence. You can know Yahweh. That's the beauty. This also really, this church, this also explains the difference in prayer in the Old Testament versus prayer under the New Testament. See, in the Old Testament, yes, you could pray and make your petition to God, and God did hear you, and he, and he would respond. We've seen it all throughout the Bible. We've seen David pray. We've seen great men of God. They would pray, and, and God would respond. But that Old Testament prayer or prayer under the Old Covenant, guess what? It could not bring you to the throne room of God. That prayer could not bring you into the holies of holies. That was only reserved for the high priest. Everyone did not have access. But now through Jesus, prayer becomes more than just you and I talking to God and making a petition. But now by the Holy Spirit, we can actually commune with God and we are brought to the throne of grace and his very presence through prayer because of Jesus. That's the difference from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Prayer has now taken on a greater significance. It's not just me uttering our prayers to God and wanting him to, to speak. But now prayer is an elevator that takes me to the throne room of God. It brings me to the presence of God. It, it allows me to go into the holies of holies. That is the access that we now have through Jesus. And that's where Paul ends in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. He said, yes, it is Jesus who has accomplished this great plan of God to show the wisdom of God to the angelic beings by the church through the gospel. But then he says in verse 12, it is also to the same Jesus in whom we have a boldness and confident access through him. That's, that's Paul's, that's where he's ending on after showing this, this great mystery behind the gospel. He ends there by saying, we have this boldness and confident access to God through Christ. See, your prayer, brothers and sisters, it's not just talking to God for this new covenant. It means going into the throne room of God, into the holies of holies. It means that, guess what? It means that when you go in your prayer closet or when you go and you sit in your car, maybe in your lunch break to pray, or when you go in your room to pray and commune with God through the Holy Spirit, it means that you are now not just speaking, but you are approaching the throne of God. And guess what? You're now turning that car, that prayer closet, that room into hallowed ground. Why? Because now you're approaching the throne of God there. Let me give you an example of what I mean. This morning, I was praying, right? I was praying this morning. And, I, and as I was communing with God, I sat down on the couch in my office. And I thought, whoa, I'm going before the throne of God. Right here on my couch, right here on my couch. Guess what? My couch, my office, guess what? It has become holy ground. It has become hollowed for the moment. Because right now I'm going to the throne room of God. When that thought hit me, you know what I actually started to do? I started to slip off my sandals. Why? Because I realized that as I'm praying now, I'm going to the throne room of God. Do you remember Moses in the Old Testament? 
when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3, verse 3 through 5, do you remember what God told Moses? He told Moses to remove your sandals, Moses. Why? Because God's presence was there. And wherever God's presence is, guess what? That place becomes hollow. So if I'm praying again in my car, guess what? And I'm going before the throne of God, that car has now become hollow because I'm going into the presence of God. So if I'm in my room and I'm praying, guess what? That place has now just become hollow because I'm going into the presence of God. I'm communing with God. That is why I, this morning, even started to slip off, of, slip off my sandals. Because I'm realizing, whoa, I have access to God. I'm going before the throne room of God. See, this is our glory. That we would have right now access to God. Yes, there's also a future glory in, in that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus has made a way for us to have eternal access with God in the new heavens and the new earth and the glorified body. But right now, we can commune with God. See, so, so Paul's word to the Ephesians here, basically, what he's saying to the Ephesians is, Ephesians, don't be discouraged by my tribulations. That's what he's saying here in this verse. He's, he said, don't be discouraged by my tribulations, but basically focus on the glory. That's what he says in verse 13, therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. So Ephesians, don't be discouraged by my imprisonment. Don't be discouraged by the trials that I'm going through. Don't, don't be discouraged by what you are going through. Focus on the glory. That's what he said. I, I'm doing this for your glory. Don't be discouraged. So when I was researching this text, um, I was coming across one commentator who, who says that Paul was trying to prepare these Ephesians from persecution that may come their way because they're, they're looking at their great leader, Paul, who is now in prison, because this is a prison epistle here, this letter to the Ephesians. And so, so Paul is, is trying to prepare them for tribulation that will come their way by saying, yes, I am going through these tribulations, church, on behalf of you, but it's for your glory. And what is this glory? It's the glory that Paul just explained in these past couple of uh, chapters, how they are now become one with uh, the, the Jews, why, how they are now part of the household of God, how they are now one with God, how they are now children and sons and daughters of God, and how they are now of the Lord. See, he, he, he's showing them that you focus on this glory. You have all of these blessings now because of Christ and the gospel. You have access to, access to God the Father with, with boldness and confidence. That's what I want you to focus on. Not so much on my tribulations. Don't, don't lose strength over my tribulations, Paul is saying. For your glory. And this is also the encouragement, brothers and sisters, that I want to give to you and to myself. To not focus on the light momentary afflictions, but focus on the glory as Paul was doing. Paul had an eternal perspective. Even as he's in prison, he's not thinking about himself, but he's thinking about the, the eternal glory. He's thinking about these Ephesians who are now sons and daughters of God. He's thinking about these Gentiles that he's going to to share the gospel who are now coming to the fold. See, see he's focused on eternal glory. And that should be us, church. Let's, let, let's focus on the eternal glory. Let's focus on the, the, the new heavens and the new earth. Let's focus right now on through the gospel that we have now become sons and daughters of God and we have access to Yahweh with, with boldness and confidence. That's where our minds should be. That's 
what Paul is telling these Ephesians, where his focus was, was the glory. Does this seem like glorious news to you, church, that you and I, we now have access, as Paul says in 12, access to God through Christ, that we can have access with boldness and a confidence? This is a glorious thing that you can have access to the God that created the universe, you. Something that the Old Testament people would long for. That only Aaron and his, his tribe can even go in and, and visit it and go into the holies of holies. But now you and I, through Jesus, we have this access to God. This is glorious news. Church, this is a glorious thing. And if it's not glorious to you, it's probably because you don't fully understand the alternative. See, the alternative of good news is bad news. But without the potential of bad news, guess what? Good news is just news. Let me give an example so you can really see what I mean. Jeff Bezos, right? He's the, I always use this guy. He's the, he's the founder and CEO of Amazon the richest man in the world, right? If Jeff Bezos today, if he wrote a billion dollar check, two billion dollar checks, and gave it to Benji and uh, Bella, said, hey, I mean, literally gave, wrote the check and literally gave the check to Benji and Bella. Benji and Bella, here's $1 billion for you. Here's $1 billion for you. Benji and Bella, you know what they would probably start doing? They would probably start munching on the check. They'd probably start slobbering on it. They would probably rip off the check. Knowing Bella, Bella would go probably get a marker and a crayon and start coloring on it. Why? Because they have no concept of money. They don't see the check as good news. They don't know who Jeff Bezos is. He's just the guy. Now, when it comes to us, guess what? If we don't understand the bad news of what our sins have cost us, and how it has destroyed our relationship and access to God. Then to hear that you can now have access to God through Jesus Christ, guess what? It would not sound like a big deal. See, there are many people who say, I do not need Christ to pray. I can go and I can pray and have access to God by myself. I pray all the time to the Lord. I'll always go to his prayers and God hears me. See, the people that live like, think like that, they think that you can live any other way and have access to God, but they don't understand that that door because of sin has been shut. See, the people that say that or believe that, they don't understand and know the holiness of God. They don't understand their own wretchedness. And they've never read Isaiah 59 two, where Israel is told this, that your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Your sins, they separated you from you and your God. They don't know that. See believers, some of us, before we were converted, we went to church, we prayed. But when we prayed or talked to God, it was like our prayers were just hitting the ceiling. It, it, it felt like we were just talking to the air. There was no confidence and boldness with us approaching God. Why? Because one, we didn't know if he, would, he was hearing us, one. So we had no confidence. We had no boldness. And two, 
if he was hearing us, because of the, the guilt of our sin, we cannot even go and ask him with boldness. But now in Christ, there should be a difference in your fellowship with the Lord. There should be a difference in your communion with the God of the universe. Why? Because Christ has brought you into the holies of holies. He's giving you that access. So now in church, on with this knowledge, this is something that we should be seeking to do more and more. As Pastor Brian preached last week, communing with God. See, church, you have this unlimited access to the God of the universe. Now, I know today's focus was on prayer, but it is not just through prayer that we commune with God and have this access. But it's also through reading the scripture. It's also through worship songs. It's also through praise. You have access to God. And here's the thing about having access to God. When you go in truly, when you go into commune with God, you come out different. You are changed. Think about Moses. Remember when Moses went into the presence of God? He came back with glory all on his face. Why? Because he had been in the presence of God. And Paul tells in Corinthians that that was a fading, fading glory. See, brothers and sisters, you can go and have access to God. And when you go in, you come out changed. That's why prayer is so vital, brothers and sisters. It's not just you uttering words. You must understand this privilege that you have when you're going before the throne of God. You are going there. You're going to the presence. It's not just you uttering words, believers. You're actually going into the holies of holies. You're going to the presence of God. As we go there, we're changed by fellowshipping with him. As we go and study his word, you, you feel the presence of God. That's the access that you have because of Jesus. And that's the access that we seek, that we operate in, fellowship with God, communing with him. And this is Paul's point that he's ending on here in Ephesians chapter 3. That in Jesus Christ, we have this boldness, he says, that we have this confident access through faith in him. And so he's telling the Ephesians, therefore, do not lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf. It's all worth it. Paul's thinking about glory. And that is something that we have to do as well, church. So practically, I want to encourage you Reduce the Netflix time, reduce the YouTube time, reduce the Instagram time, Drone, reduce the podcast time. Make time to commune with God. You have access. It's kind of like a, a gym membership. You, you know, some of us, we have gym memberships that we pay a monthly fee, and that monthly fee gives you unlimited access to the facility, to the gym. But what if you never use the facility? You're just wasting your money. See, Christ died to give you unlimited access. What are you doing with this access? Are you communing with God? Are you taking advantage of your privilege of, in Christ to have this boldness fellowship with the Lord that people in the world don't have? You have something special, church. Don't take this lightly. 
Understand and know your privilege in Christ Jesus. To go boldly before the God, the triune God, the God of this universe. You can go boldly because of Jesus. You can go with confidence because of Jesus. You don't have to look to, man, I wasn't living right, perfect enough, so now I can't go to God, or I didn't, I didn't read my Bible long enough, so now I can't go perfect to God, or I didn't help enough homeless people, so now I can't go to God. No, we can go with boldness and confidence, not based on our works, but because of what Jesus has done, the access that he has granted. So take this time, church, going forward in 2021, take time to commune with the Lord. Take time to pray, getting your scriptures. You have access to the God of the universe. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Thank you, Lord God, that you have given us this access to you, Lord, through Jesus Christ, through this gospel. May we cherish this, Lord God, from times of tribulation. May we realize that we have glory through our fellowship with you, Lord. May we realize that our relationship with you is more sweeter than anything. It can overcome any trial and tribulation that we face in this life. We thank you, God. Show yourself to us, Lord God, as we go and commune with you in this fellowship, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to go before your throne with boldness and confidence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, church, what we looked at today, it sets us up for next week where Paul actually is going to exercise that privilege and go into the presence of God. The next week you'll see he begins to pray for the Ephesians. He's going to use this access that he has to God, and he's going to begin to pray for the Ephesians. Um, and so we'll, we'll dig more into it. So in this first part of the text, he, he sets up prayer, access to God that we now have through Jesus Christ. And then in the next part, which you'll see next week, he actually lives that out in front of us. And he begins to go access before the throne of God. And he begins to pray for the Ephesians and us. And at the end of that prayer, as you'll see, he gives a, a small little doxology in verse 21. But it's all through prayer. So Paul realizes this privilege that he has, this access that he has. And so now he's going to go to the throne of, of God and pray on behalf of the Ephesians. And so that's where we'll be at next week. But today I just wanted to lay this, this foundation, this groundwork of prayer and the privilege that we have. Um, you can't, I can't stress it enough, um, what prayer is, what we have, this, this access, this privilege. Um, and I know Brother Anthony always talks about going into the prayer closet, and he knows what I'm talking about. Some of you, my prayer words, you, you know what I'm talking about, that prayer is not just this, this language, you just, you talking to God, but it's, it is an experience. It is me going to the presence of the Lord and coming out like Moses looking different because I just commune with the God of the universe.